You know, Lev Man, that is a hell of a song. And I, saw, I saw a smile emerge on your face, which is very I rapid. want you. I need you. I got you. you know that song? <laughs> yeah, of course I know. I don't know who sings it, but... Ides of March, it's called Vehicle is the name of that song, and that's a great song. Something about the Ides of March. I think the Ides of March, ready? I'm starting off with a hot take. Ides of March, one of the most underrated bands in history of music. There it is. What? what okay, what? It was actually a George Clooney movie, too. So <laughs> yeah, that song, I think that song's in a lot of movies, but... I um, want was well, It's a 70s song, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's well. Yeah. I, I am a I am a fan of seventies music. I like Jim Croce, not Pat Croce. I like Jim Croce. Um, I love a lot of good seventies music. Certainly, I'm a big Hall and Oates fan. For those of you who are out there, I gotta get a little more of that. That's good stuff right there. That's a group. Do you hear these lyrics? These lyrics are horrible. I'm a friendly stranger in a white sedan. Won't you hop inside my car? And he's like, I got candy. I got all. It's basically like all the a freaking rapist. Right. Exactly. But all he, just... he needs is the all he needs is the 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 rapist van, the white van. You know, like with the with the shutters inside. Like that's right. And well, he said he a white go, sedan. He needs to go to the bike store with Dudley from different. Uh, <laughs> what was his name, Mister Swanson? I don't know, but that was. I didn't even realize how creepy that was as a kid when we were watching that on a Saturday night back in like the early 80s, that that was yep. the first time I had ever seen a kid get like raped on television. Very disturbing. Very disturbing. That was, that was um, they were like, they, they put some stuff out there back in the day that was very like kind of ahead of its time. Yeah. And that's a Norman Lear show. So Norman Lear was always, and for those of us who have no idea what we're talking about, so there was a show called Different Strokes in the early 80s, and they did tackle some serious issues, which is interesting because the cast of the show also had so many real troubles in real life. But yep. one of the first things I ever saw on television was they tackled the issue of uh, child molestation, which is always a fun one on a Wednesday morning to talk about. But they were so ahead of their time. And I remember we were watching it. I was at your house. I think we were watching it on a Saturday night. And they had different strokes. They had like the whole give me a break. They had that whole, you know, like yeah, back to back. That whole block car. back then. Yeah, yeah. So enough. But I the remember that show. I remember that show too. And so Dudley, he had Dudley posed without a shirt on and took pictures of him. And um, that was like the whole thing. And then like Mr. Drummond, I think, caught on. I think it was Mr. Drummond who was like, put an end to this. Mr. Swanson or whoever the guy's name was. If anyone could remember that, that would be incredible. That guy was a, like a like a famous character actor. He was like on WKRP in Cincinnati. And you know what? He, he's Wasn't a he really, always a creepy guy or no? In, no, in no, that's the sad thing. Like he was like on on um, Growing Pains is like her, her father. Uh, they, uh, oh, like, you're right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a shame like that we remember him for that, for being this creepy bike shop owner. Yeah. Yeah, um, man. 
Crazy. And it's and interesting. Norman Lear is still alive today, man. God bless Norman Lear. Norman Lear, yeah, he's a, he's almost a hundred. But uh, yeah, he he was doing his thing, and 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 I'm in a great mood. Thank you so much of you who uh, you know have been so nice to me recently about my health. Uh, I'm so appreciative. It's been just a really weird long year, and I just want to thank. So I want to thank you, and I want to thank my Reagan, who's been a great friend. I want to thank my family. And I want to thank so many of you. Um, it's been really, really encouraging. It really has. And, and I'm so happy that to be back here today, like with a, in a better mood. Like I actually did a, we did a great show last week. I, that was like the first show. I don't really listen to myself talk, but after I did it, I listened. We did an amazing show last week. Yeah, oh, thanks, man. Well, I'll, I'll say as, as the voice of the people, the so uh, self-proclaimed voice of the people, um, that we are all thrilled that you are back and we are all thrilled that you're on the road to uh, recovery and recovery. I don't know if that's quite the word, but the road to uh, better health. And uh, that's awesome, man. We're, we're all here for you. Uh, the left man army. A wake up call. And I'm definitely going to take a better, better care of my health. And I'm going to enjoy Thanksgiving this year because, you know, I'll be 49 on Wednesday, next Wednesday, which is crazy. I know you are already there, but I'm going to try and really enjoy this birthday. I really am going to make a really, really conscious effort to enjoy this birthday this year and really appreciate like the fortune that I have in life that I have a place to sleep every night. I'm not trying to get too deep, but I'll tell you sometimes, you know, it takes like a really bad situation to realize how blessed you really are. Um, and I guess that maybe you know, I, I love Silver Linings Playbook. I'll put that out there. It's one of my favorite movies because it does deal with mental health issues and it does with it in such a respect. And also the Eagles aspect of it is amazing, but there is a silver lining even in shit. So, yeah. There always is. You just got to look for it. Um, and yeah. and uh, speaking of that silver lining and shit, the Eagles game on Monday night was dog shit. And, yeah. um, but you know, if you want to look at silver linings, I did. I never thought we were going to go undefeated to begin with. I um, didn't think they would lose to the commies there in that game. I didn't think they would lose to the commies, but you know what? They lost. It's over now. And the, uh, you know, the, the drum moves on. I mean, look, they, that I, I, I'm not blaming the refs at all. Brandon Graham should have known on that play. That was a ridiculous play. I don't care how, uh, you know, and you're not talking about Dallas Goddard, the face mask call. No, I mean, that was that was a missed call. That was a horrendous missed call. I'm not saying the officiating was great it, by any stretch. It was not great. It was not good. But I will say the, you know, the fumble by Quez Watkins, right? Like the play with Dallas Goddard, you can't you can't blame Dallas Goddard because he was getting his face mask ripped off. And it turns out he had a sep he separated his shoulder on that yep. play. It sounds like. So now he's out. But. Um, you know, and then the Brandon Graham era, that was that was so stupid. I mean, like, you know, I, I understand it's going in the play is happening in real time. Um, but Brandon Graham should have. I mean, he the quarterback clearly was like surrendering himself. And so he took several steps and, you know, he got it. And Tyler Heineke's uh, celebration and reaction was kind of cheese whiz. But it is what it is. And then, you know, the biggest factor for me is our inability to stop the run. And it's amazing to me that Jordan Davis. Yeah. And that was what that was in the paper today that it turns out the biggest player on that field wasn't Jalen Hurts. It was Jordan Davis. 
and the right. lack of him being there. And this is a rookie. So it shows you what an impact he's had on this team as a rookie, Jordan Davis. Yeah. And it's amazing to me that our run defense is this susceptible. And, you know, we have some horses coming up playing Jonathan Taylor next week, uh, this weekend against the Colts. So that's not going to be an easy matchup. So Jonathan Gannon needs to figure something out. And the other thing he needs to figure out is it's a five letter word. It's called blitz, B-L-I-T-Z, blitz. When you blitz a quarterback, if you looked, you know, that first uh, series when we recovered the fumble from Heineke and, you know, that was a blitz. And then whenever we brought pressure, it good things happen. And I, I have no idea why this guy doesn't, he constantly relies on the, his four man rush to get there. And they're just not consistently getting there. You got to mix it up with a blitz. And I don't know why in the heck he wouldn't do that. And I hope when he plays Matt Ryan, who is, you know, a statue back there, I hope that he brings the blitz because Matt Ryan over the course of his career has struggled when teams knock him around and blitz him and, and, and hit him. So example, last you know, year, he struggled against the Eagles. I know it's the, the first game of the year last year, but he did struggle mightily the, the last time he played against the Eagles. Yeah. So, but you know, he's with a different team now. He's got, he's, got much better weapons right now with between Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman and Paris Campbell. Um, you know, he's got, he's got a couple weapons up there. Um, their offensive line hasn't been great. So the Eagles should be able to put the Eagles should be able to have their way, but keep in mind, it's a short week for the Philadelphia Eagles. They are coming off a loss. It is a home game though, right? It's not an Indy. Uh, I, I didn't know, but I know it's a, I think it's a one o'clock game this week though, right? It's a it one. Is, yep. Yeah. Which is good. Yeah. Here, let me check my phone real quick. Hum while I do that. Who am I humming to? Can I just talk about the birds a little bit more? So the yeah. issue here is that the birds could have a issue stopping the run. And they have, with Jonathan Taylor coming in, it's going to be a problem. They are, it is in, I, guess you fix, is in, I guess you fixed your phone. Yeah. The game All is right. in Indy. The game is okay. in Indy. Okay. So the game is in Indy. So, all right. So that's a travel day. You got to work into a short week. So that's not an easy thing to do. You got to go. They're playing indoors. Um, that's an ad adjustment for the birds as well. I do think they're going to win. I mean, Nick Sirianni, a little bit of a homecoming for him. Uh, Jeff Saturday just took over the Colts, which was yeah, crazy a whole week. He was, he was like in the broadcast booth and then he just goes and takes over the Colts. Right. And they yeah, win. Right. They beat the Raiders. Right. They beat the Raiders. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I heard that 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 locker room is probably devastated right now. The Raiders locker room, two and two and seven. Anyone checked on our pal Erock? Make sure he's. I haven't checked on. Yeah, he's on the right side. Um, so, yeah, I mean, how are you feeling about the birds? I mean, I listen. Overall, I think it's fine. I don't care that they lost. I mean, they lost to the Commandos. Um. The thing that they do need to be cognizant of is those Vikings and maybe what some say was the game of the year against the Bills on Saturday or Sunday. The Vikings now have one loss. Now, the Eagles do have one in hand, but that leaves very little room for error for either team um, to lose another ball game if they want to get home field advantage throughout the playoffs. And then, you know, the 49ers are, are looking like they rebounded a little bit. Um, and it was great to see Dallas lose to Green Bay. The Eagles game was disturbing. Um, 
They made some key turnovers. I still think they're, you know, in a good position to go forward. Um, we'll have to see. I think the Indy game would have been a trap game if they had if they hadn't lost on Monday. So maybe they got the game out of the way now and they'll beat Indy. I, I don't think the travel day is too much of a concern. I think that hopefully they, they've done the work. Um, but this was a game that people saw them possibly losing. And then the other game was Tennessee. And now the Giants, I guess, are seven and two, which I don't know if that still means the Eagles would be splitting with the Giants. You just didn't want this division loss coming where it is. And I don't know where this leads because we had talked about the Minnesota Buffalo game last week turned out to be a classic game. Um, Minnesota, I think based on the record, I don't know if Minnesota is in, in, in league now for home field advantage. It's seven and I guess eight and one. Uh, Minnesota is not because the Eagles beat them head to head. So when it comes down to, I mean, obviously the Eagles only have one conference loss, so. Right, right. So, yeah, I think the Eagles are still in good shape. I still think they should take care of Indy this weekend. Um, you know, I, I know that they had, you know, A.J. Brown was largely silent last week. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I think, listen, I, I, I think that that was, you know, is that a blueprint for how you beat the Eagles? So now it's Jonathan Gannon's turn to, fix that vulnerability in the run defense until Jordan Davis returns against uh, week 13. He comes back. It's supposed to come back. Hopefully I know he's off out of his walking boot and, and off of crutches. So um, it'll be good to get, hopefully get him back by the time we play, um, you know, the, the Titans and Henry, but um, I, th I feel good. I still think we're going to be able to go up to India. I think we're going to get the W uh, Matt Ryan doesn't really scare me. I think this will be a bounce back game for us. And I'm feeling a, uh, a bird's win. I'm feeling a 34, uh, 34, 21 win birds. All right. So I'll, I'll go. Well, then I'll just say 35, 21, but, but here's the question. Does Jalen hurts <laughs> come out of this game now is sort of like, I know that what people are saying, Oh, he was exposed. Oh, he was exposed. Is that the case, or is this something where he has more to prove this week and um, we just get back to running the ball and, and opening up the offense and moving back in that direction? I mean, how was he exposed? He had that, that play to Quez. Should have, that should have been a touchdown drive. The, the play to Goddard, they were well on their way to scoring a touchdown on that drive. So I think at the end of the game, I think that that was – the concern, but I don't know if there's something that could have been done when, I mean, they look bad at the end of the game, but again, they had had opportunities in that game. They should have taken that lead and as badly as they played, they should have won that game. They certainly could have won that game. Yeah. I also thought the play calling wasn't great. You know, I, I thought, I thought uh, Sirianni and, and uh, Steichen, they didn't call a great game. So I, I didn't, I, we were so pass dependent and Miles Sanders, I thought ran the ball fine, but, but I just don't think he got That's enough interesting. opportunity. interesting when they do something like that, they usually, this administration has been very good at correcting it and going back to the run. Right. So that's something you, I generally think you're going to see this weekend is running the ball and then opening up the passing game with the running game. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's what it does. And you know what? I hope they keep giving Quez some chances because I think he's a talented dude. He just made a mistake. You know, he he, he probably should have just stayed <laughs> stayed down. You know, when he when he caught that ball, but he was trying to make something happen. I get it, and uh, it is what it is. It stinks, but um, you know, between that and the Graham the Graham play and uh, the Eagles' inability to stop their run, and then um, you know some of that play calling, I, I just I just thought was bad news. So I look for the Eagles to bounce back this week. Sounds like you do too. Yeah, um, and I, I and I'm panicking. I'm gonna say twenty eight seventeen. I okay. I. I I don't think the Colts are going to be so successful putting. Now they put twenty five points up against the Raiders, who mm-hmm. are pretty damn bad. So I mean, they were only able to put twenty five up. You're hoping that the Eagles are better, and I don't even know how much better the Colts are than the Texans. They're not that much better. I mean, obviously they have more talent on that team, but the Eagles took care of Uniston. They didn't play great that game. I think they're going to have a better game because coming off a loss, it's important. I mean, we haven't seen Sirianni come off a loss since since the Tampa Bay game last year. And he, so I, it's been a while, uh, which is a good problem to have. We'll have to see how he rebounds as the coach. Um, and obviously, he's only been coaching for less than two years, so we don't know what his record is coming off, off after a loss. I don't have it on me. Um, but this is all sort of new territory anyways. Yep. Yeah, it is. I, I, you know, are you concerned at all from, it seems like it's been two games in a row with lackluster performances though. Is that, does that concern you at all? Well, sometimes, you know, again, they've slumped off in the second half anyways, consistently. There's some fine tuning this team can do. The fact that they're eight and one and, you know, that must, I mean, for the NFL, the NFL is full of parody. And the fact that the Eagles are eight and one is pretty damn good. The Cowboys lost the game. Now the Giants, the Giants are actually in second place in this division. And then the Eagles have only three more divisional games. They've got one against the Cowboys and two against the Giants. So that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, And um, I don't know if they sweep the Giants or they split the Giants, but we can talk about that later uh, as we get it closer um, I think that we were both right, though, with the Tampa Bay game. We said Tampa Bay would put it together. They did. And the reason why I did want to go into this is I heard that Munich was amazing uh, for for the football game, that they really bought into it. And, you know, it, it never made sense to me why they were hawking about putting NFL games in London, where actually Germany has always been the better market for the NFL. So I'm glad to see it being a good experience. I hope that we don't go down this topic of actually having the NFL in Europe. I I keep hearing about it, you know, that they want to create a European division with a team in London, a couple teams in Germany and another team. I just hope that they don't do that um, because I just think it would be ridiculous. But that was a good thing that came out of the NFL this week. And I know they're trying to grow the game. So, yeah. Yeah. How far, how much further is Germany than London? air travel i mean like Other hour have, time zone i know that but it's yeah, yeah it's a, seems like such a, a a longer flight for just to play a game internationally but see the thing is you know when we look at america compared to europe germany is probably the distance between maybe pennsylvania to uh illinois i mean it's it's it, it, europe is so small in comparison to america we're so big 
that sometimes we forget about that. So it right. wasn't that big of a deal. And, and it's good to see the NFL doing well overseas. Um, as we're going inside, I think we both took the Eagles over the Colts. Are there any other interesting games that are coming up this weekend? Well, let's run through the schedule. Uh, we'll do it quickly. So to, uh, tomorrow night, <laughs> Thursday, if you're depending on when you're tuning in, uh, the Titans go visit Green Bay. Who do you like there? That's a good game. Um, I'm, I'm going with Tennessee in that one. And uh, I know Green Bay, they have a young receiver who they finally have discovered. I, I don't – what is his name, Watson? Yeah. Yeah, so I know Green Bay is coming off a big win, but I, I like Tennessee. One thing Tennessee does do well, Tannehill's back, is they run the ball. And that does well up in Green Bay if you can run the ball. Yeah, they certainly don't throw the ball in Tennessee very well. Uh, I'm going to take Green Bay in that one. Um, Chicago, the upstart Chicago Bears visit the Atlanta Falcons. Are you going with your hometown Atlanta Falcons coming off that bad loss to the Panthers? Your your audio is really I can't I can barely hear you. Can you hear me now? Unfortunately, yes. Okay. Um, Chicago Bears. Justin Field is. It feels probably the hottest quarterback in the league right now. Um, <laughs> I am going to, you should see what he's done the last three weeks, like absolutely insane numbers. Um, I am going to take the Falcons in what I anticipate will be a, uh, I, you know, I don't know. I'm going to take the bears. Actually. I'm going to go back on that bears. Bears. I don't think the, the Falcons have the offensive uh, firepower to keep up. Uh, this should be a fun one. Cleveland at Buffalo in what is forecasted to be two to three feet of snow. Gotta go with the Buffalo Bills. Coming off a bad, bad loss against the Minnesota Vikings. Saw the highlights on that. Couldn't believe they lost that game. What two of the best catches that I have seen? Stefan Diggs made an insane catch in the middle of the field, and then Justin Jefferson's catch was just like from another planet. We could have had him. <laughs> we could have had him. That's right. We sure could have. Uh, I'm going to take Buffalo as well. Uh, the New York Jets, your New York Jets, visit the New England Patriots coming off a bye. So, you know, I went out on a limb a couple weeks ago when they played in the Meadowlands and picked the Jets. I'm going to pick the Jets again, though. I'm going to take the Jets as well. Uh, the Rams visit those New Orleans Saints, who, by the way, the Eagles currently have the number four pick in the draft uh, right now, courtesy maybe, of the New Orleans Saints. Maybe they'll get a quarterback. <laughs> I hope they don't get a quarterback. I'm going to go with New Orleans in this game. Me too. Uh, Andy Dalton are, in New Orleans. The Rams are in a bad football team, and Cooper Cup is now on IR, so that is – it just keeps getting worse for them. Uh, the Detroit Lions visit the New York Giants. Along with the Giants. Yep. Giants. You got to speak up because we keep you keep fading in. They're getting. They're going to go eight and two, and you know what? If they're ten games, if they're going to be, I don't even know. Have the Giants had their bye yet? Uh, I don't think so. So that's good for them. I mean, the eight, seven, and two, and they haven't even had their bye yet. Yeah, and they're going to beat the Lions. Uh, the Panthers visit Baltimore. Oh, that's a bad game too. Awful game. Yep, Baker Mayfield going to be under the uh, center there for Carolina. It doesn't matter. Baltimore wins that. Washington, the Commandos visit Houston. 
going with Washington. Me too. I am raising my voice now because you said it's Good. hard to <laughs> Well, because you keep fading in and out. Uh, Washington as well. Vegas at Denver. What a direct game that direct is. Game. I'm going to go with Denver. Um, yeah, I'll take Denver. I, that game is like barely even good enough to make a pick in. Dallas at Minnesota. Man, Dallas has another tough game at Minnesota. We're going with the Vikings. I hate it. I'm going upset special. I'm going Dallas. I just feel like this is a must win for them, and I think this is a uh, letdown game for the Vikings after that big win last week over the Bills, um, even though it is a, a home game for the Vikings. The Bengals at the Steelers. Bengals. Bengals. Uh, I'm going to take the Bengals as well. And then Kansas City at the Chargers for the 820 game on Sunday night, which is my favorite time slot. Yeah, the Chargers. Wow. So the Chargers came off that loss. Do the Chargers have enough to beat Kansas City on Sunday night football? No. No? So you're no. going Kansas City. We'll go Kansas City. Doesn't seem fair. It's the Chargers' second consecutive game on uh, Sunday Night Football. By the way, that that like who screwed that up? Someone did. Someone did. Someone did. Uh, and then San Francisco at Arizona for the Monday Night game. Going with the Niners. Yeah, I think so too. Zach Ertz is out for the year now for Arizona. Uh, I do think Kyler Murray will play, but I think San Francisco. Um, I think that's probably it has a potential to be a decent game because the uh, offense for Arizona can be pretty can score points. The problem is they can't stop anyone. So I will also take uh, San Francisco. All right, so let's move on. So uh, NBA basketball um, Sunday night, a game that you know I hate to say a lot of people probably didn't watch a Sunday night game at seven thirty, and it was the Utah Jazz and the Sixers. Now I missed the first half of that game. But the second half, I mean, the, Joel Embiid had a performance for this franchise for history. He put up 59 points. He didn't put up 59 points in a bad game either. It was a close game. Now, I know Utah is playing completely over their heads right now, but it was the 59 points, and he had seven block shots, beautiful block shots, guys playing defense and and if I have to hear people come after him and say, oh, he's not a team player, that's bullshit. He is the best player I've seen wear a Sixers uniform in years. And in some ways, I don't know if you could make the argument that he's better than Iverson, but he is so talented. He seems like he's in better shape right now, Joel Embiid. And I know the team is off this week until Friday. They've got Milwaukee at home again. They're seven and seven. They're 500 right now. I'm hoping that they've righted the ship, but this team looks good. There are problems, so, though. There are problems. There are definitely some problems. Um, so last week we were calling for Doc's head. Have you um, have you kind of so stepped back, on, for back on that a little bit or no? A little bit. A little bit, but there's nothing that's shown me coaching wise that he's done to make any improvements. Um, so, I mean, Tucker's too slow. That's the one thing that's coming on. Um, they're playing Reed more. George Yang is like, I don't know, the greatest free agent acquisition oh, here it is since, again. since Orlando Woolridge. Um, 
Wow, that was a hell of a pull. That was a hell of a pull. Um, Shake Milton, I was talking to Matt about this. He was like saying Shake Milton has stepped up his game. I don't know if you feel that way. I don't know if you saw that game, if that game was on NBA TV Sunday night's game. Did you, was it on NBA TV? Uh, no, wait, Sunday night they played, who did they play? Oh, who did they play Sunday night? Sixers played the Jazz. I didn't know that. That would have been the Monday. Way. I thought that was Monday. Uh, it was, was a Sunday. It was a Sunday no, night game at seven thirty, because I, I guess it. they didn't want to put it up against the Eagles on Monday night. So it was a Sunday night game at home, and, and that Sixers, was on NBA TV, and I missed it. I don't. I don't know. I didn't. You know, those games are blacked out anyway. But yeah. um, they were both teams were coming off the the second night of a back to back. Washington was in uh, Utah was in Washington beat the Wizards, and then the Sixers beat the Hawks on Saturday night. So they were both playing a back-to-back, and, you know, the Sixers did well. They did well. Now, the problem is he put up half their points in that game, or maybe even more than half their points in that game, and that's a problem. Well, he also had seven blocks, and how many boards did he have? He either had 10 or 11 boards. 10 or 11 boards, and I think he had seven assists. I mean, he was like the... I think there are only three players in history to do that, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and I, it was it was insane. So anyway, um, unbelievable effort from him. I put up 42. He had put up 42 on Saturday night. Right. Two right. nights in less than 24 hours, 101 points. Now, do you feel that he? I, and and I love Joel, and I remember last year we came we came on, and and I remember saying, "Hey, everyone, behold, we are getting to watch one of the game's greatest, uh, Joel Embiid in his prime." But this year, and and I haven't seen every game by, I, so I'm not going to claim that. But in some of the games that I've seen early on, I have seen what appears to me is a bit of a lackadaisical effort on his part. Do you feel that either that's been corrected? Do you not see that as much? Like what? I, I did see it. I did see it up until something seems to have changed this last weekend. I don't know. I mean, if it came off that Atlanta loss where he really looked lackadaisical, um, and then he had these two games Saturday and Sunday night, which you know I know it's too early to say that, but this team did struggle in the beginning of the year last year as well. I remember that. Remember they had a period there where they started off really well and then they lost like during that that period where they struggled there. And we just thought it was about Simmons and, and whatnot. But maybe, maybe, maybe they've corrected it. There's my mom in the back. She's walking in the back there. She's she is my trooper. Um, so she is going to listen. <laughs> She All just right. wants to, no. yeah. So yeah. No so cussing. we're what? No cussing, love man. I'm not going to cuss. I'm going to be very clean here. So I, I'd like to think the Sixers corrected it. She watched the game with me on Sunday night, yes. and, and I was. We were pumped. We were so pumped. I just think the problem is it's a Sunday night game. It was so. It didn't get the national attention that it deserved because it was a Sunday night basketball game, and so many people weren't paying attention. Yeah. Yep. But, uh, you know, to see the situation where you have the Sixers and Flyers playing both back to backs. Yeah. Well, the Flyers have fallen off and become the team that we thought they would be. And the Sixers, what I'm hoping for is an ascension from them. 
right? I, what, we're, what we're hoping for is that they start stringing together some wins and then Harden comes back and that they can find, and I'm sure there's going to be an adjustment because Doc says there's an adjustment if, you know, if someone blows their nose, it's an adjustment to for the team. So, uh, you know, no matter what happens. But I think that's that's the best case scenario is you start put stringing some wins together, getting some win streaks together, and hopefully solidifying your rotation a little bit too. I, I thought uh, Montrezl Harrell would be a much bigger part of this team, and he's been a major disappointment. Hasn't been Meanwhile, Charles Bassey is tearing it up for the Spurs. Yeah, that's ooh. Yeah, that's, that's a tough one, right? It's a tough one. That two-way contract for Bassey was converted to a full, you know, like he's a regular rotation guy in San Antonio now, which that's frustrating. And he, he must, said he had some really interesting comments. Like if you heard him talk about Pop, um, he he t said something to the effect of it's the first time he's had a coach who will really sit down with him and talk him through like why you do certain things. So uh interesting throwing a little shade at, at doc at, at our coach just uh you know i don't know I, I'm, I'm not sure about doc and if you hear maxi talk it's always he gives credit to sam cassell for his you know for his development who's the big man who coaches the big man on the sixers does that fall to anyone in specific you know coaching reed and and who was in charge of coaching Charles Bassey last year. Is that like a big man, like assistant coach coaching them or? Maybe it's know. your boy, uh, Jorger. Jaeger. Jaeger. Whatever his name is. David Jaeger. David, David Jaeger. Jaeger. Yeah. yeah, maybe that's him. Yeah. He's their defensive coach, I think. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe they should bring the G-man, Mike Jaminski, in for um, a guest coaching. I knew he was a college announcer, you know, like a play-by-play -play guy. Some right. Probably doing Duke games, Mike Jaminski. He'll be doing Duke games. Yeah. Um, but so that's that's the Sixers. Any other uh, thoughts on oh, them? I, no, I mean it. It'll be curious. I'll be fine. The problem with the NBA is it, it sort of ducks off the face of the earth until Christmas Day, which is right. what it seems to happen. And the Sixers will be playing on Christmas Day this year. Um, I know we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but that's sort of usually the kickoff to the NBA season. And then you have January, you had the Martin Luther King day special. I know I went last year. So, I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited that the whole Simmons thing is beyond them. I mean, he's done nothing. I mean, have you, did you hear the latest that came out today on Simmons that, all right, buckle up your seatbelts. Cause this is real shocking that the nets are starting to grow tired of Ben Simmons and questioning his desire to actually want to play basketball. Have we heard that story before? I can't remember. I've heard that story. Mom, Charlotte is in the background. She she cannot stand Ben Simmons. And, and, he's a joke. Yep. I mean, he's... All right. You, you're, you're getting too involved here. Stop it. No, uh, no, no. Be nice to your mom. I know. She's been, she's been amazing. And she loves basketball. And so here's the other thing, you know, NBA started college basketball. I don't, there's been a lot of games on recently, a lot of these holiday tournaments. They do the coolest thing in college basketball. I will give them credit. They do that Veterans Day game, and I mm -hmm. think they did it this year. They, like, do it on an aircraft carrier out in San Diego. I don't know if you saw any of the games that they've been doing in the past, but I think that's pretty damn cool they when do they do that. Things. Yep, they do they some do creative some things, yeah.
They used to be that college basketball would not start until around Thanksgiving with the specials, you know, like the holiday games, but they don't do that anymore. And college basketball, I mean, is in such an interesting place right now. I mean, obviously, you know, I'm a dookie um, and we'll see what um, John Shays does in Durham. But um, I I did watch the ACC show. Um, UNC's pick number one. Duke is number two in the ACC. So College basketball is back, and unfortunately, college basketball sort of falls at the expense of college football, because right. what's happened with these super conferences is like a conference like the Big 12 or the ACC is forgotten about for football, but still the best two conferences in basketball, and now the Pac-12 is sort of being ripped apart, and the Pac-12 has always been a good conference. The SEC has become a better basketball conference as well. Yeah, they have. They really have. So, um, but I don't, you know, I was just going to, I was thinking about this today. I couldn't even tell you who the number one team in the country is. Is it Gonzaga? Uh, I can't tell you that, but you know, it's interesting. And that's a shame. Cause but the, like, no, I, but that's what I'm saying. That's, that's, but I think that illustrates your point so perfectly is that there's so much stuff going on with, and this year we had baseball into November, but we have pro football, we have college football. We have NBA. There's so much stuff like that. There's really no space at the table for college basketball right now. I couldn't tell you who the number one team is and you couldn't either. And so that to me, that that illustrates the point is like we, in a college really, basketball. Do you think it's the transfer thing, the transfer portal, or is that no. just an extra thing? Or nah, is it just I, No, I mean, I think it's just there. There's so many other things. I think once the football season once the NFL playoffs take shape and there's less action going on in football um, and then NBA is in the middle of their, their slog and hockey is pretty irrelevant or has been lately in, in, in Philadelphia. So I think at that point, like once the new year hits, it's usually time for us to start thinking about basketball. Um, I do want to just say, uh, you know, what a horrendous tragedy in Charlottesville. I, I, I just, I didn't realize the people that were killed were football players. Yeah. Three, then, three, uh, yeah. Three of them, uh, three football players, Lavelle Davis, Deshaun Perry, and Devin uh, Chandler. And that game has been canceled this week in the UVA game. I just heard that on the radio coming in today that the UVA game has been canceled. And uh, yeah, that's yeah. a tragedy. I mean, it's a tragedy anytime you have a school shooting. But of course, it's hitting the athletic community there. And it's a tragedy that young people are being killed for senseless reasons. And it's a tragedy. And it's hard to sort of just talk about college football afterwards. But I, that is part of our show. And, you know, um, what is, where is your Georgia Bulldogs this week? Um. The Georgia Bulldogs, sorry, I just got a message um, from my daughter's uh, basketball coach, her new basketball coach, she's playing basketball. Um, the Georgia Bulldogs travel to Lexington to play Kentucky, who just lost to Vandy. Right, I saw that. So Kentucky is sort of down, downward spiraling. Actually, we, we had been praising Oregon recently. Oregon lost last week, too. So I know. I know you're not as confident about last year with Georgia, but Georgia seems like it's on their way. Um, and actually will not be playing Alabama in the SEC championship game. More yeah. than likely we'll be playing LSU in the SEC championship game. Yes, that's so, correct. So, so maybe an easier path to the semifinals. 
Yeah, perhaps. I mean, you know, you still have to earn it and they still have to uh, beat Kentucky. Um, it's so funny because a lot of Tennessee fans are saying how if the game was, I've never heard such fans like after what I thought was like, I thought it was a, pr a pretty sound beating um, by the dogs over the Vols. Uh, but Tennessee fans believe that if we played on a neutral field, that they would beat us or that um, if the weather conditions, you know, or maybe if we didn't wear red and black and they were orange, that they would beat us. I mean, like, it's just, I, I think you play the games you play, you know? And so Tennessee may have another shot if they make the play at college playoff, who knows? But um, yeah, so we'll be in Kentucky. Um, you're right. I mean, that was a big win by LSU last week over Alabama. Why do you still play Georgia Tech, though? That's that's my question there. That's Yeah, there's been talk about that, too. I think it's just kind of, uh, you know, the hope that Georgia Tech will um, elevate the program. And I, I'm, I'm sure it's it's not, you know, listen, Georgia gets a lot of kids from Atlanta and from the Atlanta area. So I think the home and home is nice for them to be able to play. Not that Athens is so far away, but, you know, to play in, in Atlanta. But should we, there's not a whole lot of uh, great college games this weekend. Um We've got the Ohio State Michigan game coming up soon, and that's yeah. going to really determine who gets that playoff spot. Because I think whoever wins that game is going to go to the Big Ten Championship and win that game. So that would be one of the teams getting in. I know TCU is still undefeated, right? TCU is still undefeated, yes. And so, um, yeah, go ahead, sorry. So, and then I still hear Tennessee being talked about, though. Tennessee and, you know, so it's interesting. I think you're looking at the winner of the Michigan State, uh, Michigan-Ohio State game, and then Georgia as being the two locks, and then everything else is open for discussion. Yep. I mean, I think Ohio State's going to win that game. I think they're going to beat Michigan, and I think they're going to get in. Um, and they've been – pretty much the number two team for most of the year. Um, you know, there's still an outside chance, like a team like USC could slide in, or uh, like you said, Tennessee, I think is knocking on the door at five. Uh, TCU, it'll be interesting. I think that they're probably going to get in, a la like Cincinnati from last year, or just kind of be that. Better uh, conference though, so better opponents. Yeah, much better conference. Absolutely correct. Absolutely. But a team, you know, maybe at the beginning of the year, people didn't have slated for the uh, playoffs. So three of the teams and then it, you know, would Michigan be able to get in with one loss or is that sort yeah. of knock them out? So, no, I mean, I think it depends on what, like how close that game is with Ohio state. I think that that stuff matters. And then it's like, is a one loss Tennessee team versus a one loss Michigan team or a one loss Ohio state team. If you know, one of those teams loses, you know, you got to factor all that stuff in, but by the same token, if, you know, like you said, whoever wins that Ohio State-Michigan game, then they go on to the championship, and then they have to win that game. And so... And neither one, either Michigan or Tennessee is not going to proceed to the championship game, just based on the fact. So they their season ends, Tennessee season ends with Vandy, and um, Ohio State and Michigan end with one another. So it'll be interesting. And I think that's all around Thanksgiving weekend this year. It's always Thanksgiving weekend. It um, is. It so, is a fun weekend. Are we going to do a show next week? We will definitely have to do it. Everywhere. Like early in the week, like maybe yeah, a free, yeah, yeah. free lev celebration. Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting that Alabama 
Auburn game is basically meaningless this year. Sure is, man. Isn't that wild? Yeah. There's so many rivalry games. Like, I know there's the – what is the egg game in Mississippi? There's all the these – like, But that, that game – they already played It's They changed the dates around, so that game has already been played. Because that's like, and I know there's the Apple Bowl or whatever up in Washington, Washington State, Washington, which is going to become like a meaningless game too because they're both leaving the Pac-10 or one of them is. So, I mean, Washington State will be in the Mountain West Conference. It'll be a meaningless game. And then there's Arizona, Arizona State. Uh, I think they call that the like the Territorial Bowl or the Land Grant Bowl, some bullshit. Used to be Texas, Texas A&M. You know, I would love to see that game be restored when they're both in the SEC as a Texas, Texas A&M like that. That was the Thanksgiving weekend bowl. Um, there's some I've great been to that game before. What Texas, Texas A&M? Yeah, over Thanksgiving. It was a blast. There's so many great games that have sort of gone away as a result of the conference realignments. But um, yeah, and obviously when you get Army Navy, which is, I guess, the first saturday in december or the second saturday but both teams are awful this year um it i hope they have it back in philly this year um it's a great thing um so college football special and of course you know i keep hearing talk about this 12 team playoff and i would i would love it if they started next year i really would love it if they just finally started next year but i know we're gonna have to wait what another three years for that yeah, I think it's 2020. I thought it was 2026, but maybe it's I mean, I'll be, I might not even be alive. I want to see it happen. You're going to be alive. Stop talking like that. You know, it's interesting that I know that no one respects FCS or whatever, or, or the, the league that Delaware is in, but right. they, they really had the blueprint 20 years ago. Like the, yeah. this was the way it should have been. It's this stupid bowl system that's been kept in place here that makes no sense, you know? Um, yeah. but I, I know don't there's... care for, um, a 12 team playoff. I'll be honest with you. Like, I, I think an eight team is probably more where, where I, I think you should draw the line at the eight team. It's an even number. It breaks down nicely, but I mean, I guess you could reward the teams if you did, you know, yeah, right. You get a buy if you earn a buy. So, I mean, you know, it just, I guess it more closely reflects the pro game, uh, which is fine, you know, so. And I hope they don't call these game bowls, but I, I, I'm afraid they will call them. Why? What do you have against the bowls, man? I don't know. Just can't we just say the semi? Can't we just say the semifinals being in Atlanta? I mean, man. this is we've got wonderful stadiums in this country that we could use. The we have all these professional football stadiums that we could use as travel destinations. I mean, they build one for a freaking Super Bowl and then they never come back. Like Dallas is a great stadium. Let's let's have a semifinal game in Philly. I mean, would that be fun? Or or I mean, you got them all in Atlanta, but wouldn't that be fun to have like regional games where people could travel to? Or is that or is it more appropriate to have them at the home field of of the teams? I didn't know if they've decided that yet. I don't think they've decided that. I mean, I'm I'm personally a fan of the Bulls. I like the Bulls, and I love using the Bulls as like the build up to the national championship game. Um, I think it's probably a bit more of a tradition thing, but so that's my, my take, you know, but you could also argue that college football with doing away with the conferences that they're eventually moving towards like these super conferences. I mean, you know, what, what good, what good is tradition uh, in college football? 
anymore. So I don't know, man. I'd love I love to keep the bowls. I'd love to keep them. I mean, the thing is, is is like, you know, if you're a Georgia, let's say, you know, it's it, you, Georgia, um, you know, Oklahoma, you know, and the game's going to be in Philly. Like, why would you want to go to Philly for that? You know what I mean? No, not at all. Not to watch football and not even to visit. But I would love to watch a game in Florida in, in January or Arizona or Texas or somewhere where it's warm. Camping World Stadium. Or California. That would be fun. Um, hey, I just I just saw a little bit of breaking news here that um, Bryce Harper is going to have surgery on Wednesday. Uh, they don't know that he needs Tommy John surgery on that elbow yet. I guess they won't know until they go in and, and see what is going on in his elbow. But he is having elbow surgery on Wednesday. And then from there, they will have a better idea of his recovery. But it is, you know, not not a shocker here. It is going to impact his season next year. That's all I heard. I guess that's sort of a hazy idea. And, and actually, I wanted to finish with Philly's talk um, about spring training. Would he be ready to go in February for spring training? And I guess that sounds like that's not going to be the case. Um, okay. It says, okay. um, yeah, they're not sure if it's going to be Tommy John surgery. But again, keep in mind, Tommy John surgery for a non-pitcher is not that big of a deal. Shohei Otani had Tommy John surgery, uh, I want to say, in October of last year and came back as a DH, and he is a pitcher. Uh, but he came back as a DH and then he, you know, made his way into the back into the rotation and then back into the outfield as well. So Brian Bryce might Whit be ready for spring training then. Well, a maybe, as a, yeah, maybe as a DH, um, I'd be, I'd be surprised if he doesn't like start, you know, maybe a month late into the season. Cause you got to figure it's, he's going to have surgery the day before Thanksgiving. That's strange, but you know, so well. So here's so the thing, Philly's, Free agency period has started. They had the meetings, I guess, in November. I guess last week the GM meetings occurred. Um, and so um, talk about the Phillies parting ways with Gene Segura, make, moving Bryson Stott to second, and going after a shortstop. And then you have Carlos Correa, right? You have um, – but a lot, a lot of talk about is Xander Bogarts of the Red Sox. Right. Xander Bogarts, Trey Turner, um, Dansby Swanson. So those are the four big names that are available right now. And the Phillies are supposed to the oldest at 30, but well, yeah, but it's, it's not by a lot. I mean, Trey Turner is, I think Trey Turner turns 30 in December, if I'm not mistaken. Correa is the youngest. He's 28. And then, um, Abby, Dan, he's Dan 29. Dansby's 29, right. I think he turns 30 next year. So they're all fairly close in age. Um, it's interesting, you know, like uh, Xander Bogart's had a, he's not been typically, his glove is not his, his, the best quality that he brings to the table, but he had a really good year fielding the, the baseball this year. But um, he is the type of guy who, you know, would not necessarily be your leadoff hitter, uh, but would he, he hits the ball and he gets on base. Um, and 
he's a contact hitter. So his, his power numbers have gone down, but he's still, you know, he's still a 300 hitter, still a good guy, a, a really good clubhouse presence kind of guy. And then you have uh, Trey Turner, who would be kind of your more classic leadoff hitter, um, you know, pretty solid defensively, but not spectacular defensively. And my question is, you know, and so what, wherever they decide to go in it, Dansby Swanson, I've heard rumors that he's going to go to L.A., which wouldn't be a shock because then he reunites with uh, fabulous Freddie Freeman. So, yeah. So that could be interesting. Trey Turner's on his move there somewhere. Well, Trey Turner, yeah, he opted out. So he's definitely going to go somewhere else. And uh, he has ties to Philly with playing with Schwarber and with Bryce. And Kevin Long, the Phillies hitting coach, uh, coached him as well when he was a national. Yeah. And then Carlos Correa is the 28-year-old. Um, obviously, he was part of that scandalous uh, Astros team, right? So... He played, I think he signed a one-year deal with the Twins this year. Uh, probably the best overall fielder um, out, out of the group, but didn't have a particularly like awesome year fielding. So it's it's all about, remember when when Howie talked about uh, golf or Wentz and he was like, I have some like chocolate, some like vanilla. So I think it just depends on what your, what your flavor is. I do think Trey Turner, while I think, Fit wise, he would probably be a better fit than Bogarts. Um, you know, you do have to think about the money too. But maybe the Phils don't. Maybe they don't care about the money. And um, and I, I don't want to sign any of these guys. They're all thirty. I don't want to sign any of these guys to like eight year contracts. I just I just don't think You're that's looking a... at the numbers about a five year deal. That's what it's got to be about. This is the time window of this team. I mean, I think five. You don't want to give one of these guys at thirty. A an eight year contract that takes him up to age 38, which would be right. ridiculous. Well, that's what Bryce is going to, is got, but like, what do you think? I mean, do you think that, uh, you know, what if it gets into a bidding war though? And that's where the prices go. Are you out? I mean, they need, here's the other thing that I was thinking about. I didn't, I started to go down this road and I didn't, I wonder if there is any thought that has been given to, if you sign a guy like Trey Turner, or if you sign a guy like Xander Bogarts, could they play second base and have Stott play short? And why I say that is because they both have played other positions. I don't know if Bogart's played second, but I know Trey Turner has played second uh, last year. But this is what I'm saying. As these guys, you know, if you're taking a guy like Trey Turner, who's a solid defensive player, but not spectacular, as he gets older, his range isn't probably going to get better. Now, maybe he's got a couple years until he has to worry about that because he does have great speed. Um, so I do wonder if the long-term plan could be swing Stott back over to short. I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of questions uh, with that. But the bottom line is with the shift gone, you have to get stronger up the middle of the infield. And the Phils need an upgrade. Um, and they need to put you know bring in someone who can really – um, you know, field that position well. Um, so is an upgrade for stay on the team as a bencher guy or is he gone? Who's that? Steve Segura. Nah, he'll get a starter job somewhere. He's part of the secondary short market who won't get quite the contract, but will still, you know, get they'll probably get a nice like three year deal somewhere. He's 32, it'll take him to year 35. Right. Good player. I mean. It'd be sad to see him go. And I know we've had our conversations about Mean Gene 
And uh, what does McKinnon think about free agency? I know I got involved in the, 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 the text uh, thread going back and forth for you. I, I've always found this period of the season to be exciting, the off season. Yeah, but I mean, I just think growing up that this part of it was so exciting, like the after the, uh, the meetings, right after the season ends, we're in free agency. Now, last year, free agency was sort of, remember, we had the, the strike lockout that went on, the owner's lockout. So everything sort of, you had some beginning signings and then some last-minute signings at the end. This year will be a little bit different. I think they're going to have a prolonged period of about, you know, it's already almost the end of November, December, December and January. I mean, it's not too far away, though, spring training. I know it's, you know, it sounds like February is a long time away. It's not. I mean, you've got a two-month period here to see some signings going on. Yep, and there's no lockout, That's which is great. Exciting news. The Phillies uh, had their uh, Rule 5 draft people that they moved to their 40-man roster, so they moved one of their young center fielders over there to protect uh, him, Johan Rojas, from the uh, from the Rule 5 draft. So there's some stuff that goes on, and then there's going to – I think there's more owners' meetings in December, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I think things will start happening on the, on the Phillies' front. I'm curious to see – I have this feeling, and I don't know why, but I have this feeling that they are going to – uh, strike first with Trey Turner. I it's just there seems like there's so much smoke, and I know recently Bogart's name has been been uh, you know mentioned really big, but... really big because I mean a couple days ago, I think it was in three or four headlines: Bogarts, Bogarts, Bogarts. Right, right, um, and it could be. I mean, you know, Dombrowski. I think did Dombrowski draft him? Maybe I think he may have. And he wasn't originally a shortstop. I did see that that he was from somewhere another position. Ah, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, it's crazy. I can't believe some of these guys are like 30 already. Like, it's just, uh, you know, I, no, remember... Dan, I mean, the Danby Swan, I mean, he's he's 29. He's almost 30 years old. But the Braves keep replacing. I mean, they'll probably have a shortstop coming up, won't they? Yeah, they'll have someone who a young, young shortstop, I'm sure, who's going to be, you know, a great fielder. And I mean, it's just like unbelievable that the way that they crank these things out. One more thing about baseball before we run. Did you see Buck Showalter was named manager of the year and Robbie Thompson came in fifth? Are you kidding me? Yeah. And Buck Showalter has, I don't even know if Buck Showalter has ever won a series, but it just doesn't seem like he has. Yeah, that's a pile of monkey shit, if you ask me. But I, it's interesting. So I read about Buck Showalter. He's an interesting guy, though. He is a baseball lifer, like Rob Thompson. And he started in the managers. I think he might have been their A level manager. And he was watching video back in the like nineties. And so he was studying baseball. So he's an, he's a likable guy, Buck. Unfortunately he's with the Mets. So people don't like him around right. here, but he's a pretty likable guy, Buck Showalter. Right. Yeah. I just don't think he deserved manager of the year. I mean, and I know that that vote went out before the playoffs started, I think, but I mean, it's, it seems like a, I don't know. Didn't, I mean, they, they, they ended up losing their, the division lead, didn't they? They lost the division lead. The Braves won that division. They, they, they had the lead on the Braves the whole season. Right. Um, it, was a, it was a collapse, actually. So it's surprising that he got manager of the year. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe I would have even liked to see Dusty win. I don't – I mean, Dusty, Dusty Baker's a likable guy. 
Um, I sort of have issues when someone said, oh, Dusty finally won a World Series. I'm like, Dusty won a World Series with the Dodgers. He just was a player. I mean, right. it's, like, it's, it's a ridiculous comment. There's so many managers that have great managers that have never won, um, you know, a World Series title. Um, yep. So, yeah. All right, man. Well, let's, uh, that's, that's a wrap. I, uh, I'm going to go hop and try to get, uh, well, Taylor Swift tickets. Uh, oh, God. So I saw some people's reactions, like, they daughter. didn't get it. They were, like, crying. I hope you don't cry, though, if you don't get the tickets. You know me pretty well. Do you think I'm going to cry about that? I my daughter, no, my I daughter is going to cry about it, but I am not going to cry. But she's actually, she, I don't think she knows about it. And that's the whole point. Like, we're just going to try and get them. And if we can't, then we can't. But we're going to try and get them. So this is Taylor Swift. Uh, I forget what the name of the tour is, but she's it, man. She's it. I don't know, man. The Britney Spears of 2022. I shouldn't say that, but. I guess. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so. I got it, but there's this, you're right. There's this whole, like, all this stuff going on about trying to get tickets. It's like an Olympic sport. It's so ridiculous. I miss the days of sleeping out and, you know, waiting in line for tickets. Victory tour? The victory tour. That's right. <laughs> all right. Wait, that was my first concert ever. Well, this will be my daughter's first concert, so that'd be pretty oh, neat. Oh, okay. Yeah. So who are the other young acts that are big for, like, kids these days? Um... I don't know, like, uh, I'm not, I don't know, I'm not the person, like, Doja Cat, I think, is big, and um, Megan the Stallion is big. Megan the Stallion, I saw on Saturday, I had never heard of her. Oh, or Megan the Stallion? The Stallion. I saw her on Saturday Night Live. Granted, I'm, like, the boring old white guy that, like, knows nothing about pop music. Right. So, yeah, I mean, we'll save the Dave Chappelle stuff for another day, but that, was interesting uh the whole saturday night live episode i don't know if you yeah. saw it or heard saw about it, it but uh, we, we can talk about that another time all right i can't wait for next week a heaping dose of thanksgiving it's my favorite holiday yeah. it is my favorite holiday too and we'll have a big birthday celebration for the lev man we'll go through the years all 49 of you them. know i just i want to leave with the reason why i love thanksgiving is it's a holiday for everyone um i do sometimes and I love Christmas season, even though I'm not a part of it. And that's part of the problem. I love Christmas season, but I'm not a part of it. Thanksgiving, everyone can be a part of Thanksgiving. So that is, that is uh, that's a beautiful, beautiful thought, man, that everyone can be part of Thanksgiving. And, you know, at the end of the day, the Indians and the Pilgrims, this one, they finally got it together. <laughs> and and so you know where I'm headed. <laughs> Nothing, nothing, show you how your mind is.